0: Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode, our fourth iteration of the Double Move Sports podcast. I'm here as always with my buddy, Alex. Hello, everyone. Good to be here. Good to be back. We've got a great
1: show prepped for you today. It's uh, episode four, and we're moving and grooving towards the fantasy playoffs.
0: If you guys remember from episode three, we did have a water bet on our fantasy matchup this weekend, which unfortunately I lost to Alex. And what was kind of a close game, uh, if it weren't for Damian Williams' injury there on on Monday
1: night. Yeah, it was a close game. Definitely had me sweating. I had an advantage going into Monday night. Um, I had Keenan Allen in that game, and you had Austin Eckler and Damian Williams. And it looked like they were going to make a push. And then when Damian went down, I think your hope was lost. So it was nice to pull out the win on the back of Stephon Diggs, um, Alvin Kamara, and Derek Carr, my start of the week. Um, But, you know, you just hate to see it, and you're going to be pouring water on yourself here pretty soon. (laughs) I'll
0: have that video up this week, uh, losing that water bet. Speaking of Stephon Diggs, guys, I just released a Fantasy Film Room episode on Stephon Diggs. Check that out on our YouTube channel. Give us a follow. If you don't already, follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Those are really our, our three platforms right now, putting out a lot of content there, and you know, we've, we've been developing a little bit of a fan base, talking to some some new people. And we want to give a shout out to a very uh, specific fan um, that was taking time to, to go the extra mile, ask us a ton of different fantasy questions. And we were honestly having a ton of fun helping them out. Yeah. Uh, shout out to
1: Fantasy Soldier on Twitter. We appreciate your questions. We appreciate your feedback and your support. Uh, we, we had a really good time uh, going back and forth with you over the past few days. And one thing that he actually brought up uh, that we want to talk about here on the show is stud players and when do you bench them. And two guys that, that me and Steph were talking about are, are Cooper Cup and Amari Cooper. So Cooper Cup has had a couple bad games in a row. He had a goose two weeks ago, zero catches. Then this past week he had the one big 50-yard catch where he was dragged down at the one. And that was about it. He had another catch or two in that game, but he only had eight fantasy points. Uh, and Amari Cooper is a guy who's been hurt and only played 50 to 60-ish percent of snaps this past week. I think it was about 55 And he's playing the Patriots this week in a really tough matchup. So we're looking at rosters and we're talking about when do you bench a guy like Cooper Cup or Mari Cooper? Or do you ever do it? And do you just rely on their talent to get you by regardless of matchup? Steph, what do you think about these two guys?
0: Yeah, I'll talk about Cooper Cup first. I mean, if you're considering Cup against a waiver option or a guy who's typically in the flex range, I would still put Cup out there this week. Even, you know, the good a good Rams defense will still get torched by Lamar Jackson, both in the air and on the ground. And I think the Rams will need to score in this game and maybe playing from behind and trying to air it out. Uh, you have Brandon Cooks, who's back in the game. He should take away uh, some of the attention from uh, Marlon Humphrey. Uh, so I think Marcus Peters, I'm, I'm not sure who he typically lines up on or, or what he does. I need to dig a little bit deeper into the Ravens uh, secondary on defense. But I do think Cup can could be effective in this game. Um, you know, if you have other solid options like Jarvis Landry against Miami uh, or Devonte Parker against Cleveland, I would go with them. But with Cooks back and potentially Robert Woods as well, that was kind of a weird situation where he was just out suddenly uh, before the game against the Bears on Sunday night. Uh, if they're both back, I I think Baltimore, with it being a tough matchup, is still an all right play for Cooper Cup and. You know you're gonna hate yourself if you sit Cooper Cup and throw another waiver guy in there and Cup blows up for you know 25 points or more.
1: Yeah, I agree with you there. You you have to rely on the talent regardless of matchup with these guys. And like you said, if there's guys in that mid tier that uh, wide receiver two category, like a like a Jamison Crowder, or a Jarvis Landry, like you said, or a Calvin Ridley, I think it's perfectly fine to go with those guys. But if you're looking at your roster and you're thinking about putting a D.D. Westbrook in or a Debo Samuel. Or a guy like that, or a Randall Cobb who's been hot lately. I think you still have to go with the talent of a Cooper Cup or a Mark Cooper. And there's probably not a lot of teams out there with the option um, to sit a guy like Cooper or Cooper Cup for for one of those wide receiver twos. So I, I think you just have to look at your roster and and see you know is this guy is this guy still talented? Look like at Calvin Ridley with opportunity. Or is it a guy that's probably not going to get a ton of opportunity off the waiver wire and is kind of a Hail Mary play? So at the end of the day, I think you just have to evaluate your roster and see what's best for your team. But I'm perfectly fine sitting what's what's been top to your guys like Cooper Cup and Amari Cooper thus far this season um, for some other guys with with better trends and better matchups
0: yeah and to talk about Amari real quickly I actually am, am totally okay sitting him this week uh, against the Patriots we know what they do they take away your best option that's what Belichick always does and in the air you know that's been Amari Cooper at least over the last two seasons so I, I don't feel great about starting Amari Cooper this week I would put Cup way higher than Cooper just personally Um, I know some people. Maybe they'll disagree. That's just my take. I'm looking for other options. If I'm looking at Amari Cooper, I'd rather bench him and wait for an easier matchup. I agree with you there, and and that's our that's our quick
1: rundown on the two Coopers, uh, Amari Cooper and Cooper Cup. And now we'll get into a less a less tongue twister of a topic uh, and move on to some of our bounce back players of the week. Steph, who are some guys that? we think underperformed last week and had a really rough game that you think is going to come back strong this week and that fantasy owners should start with confidence. Yeah. So the
0: first one, a guy that, you know, maybe you are starting, maybe you aren't this week. I'm sure he's going to come up in a lot of, you know, flex questions as you move into the weekend. Uh, but for me, it's Kenny Galladay. You know, he's coming off one of the worst games he's ever had in his whole career. And it was a, in a tough matchup against Dallas. You know, he had five targets, but only one catch. And, and, while he did have a rough day, his one catch was a 34-yarder, and Jeff Driscoll really hasn't been terrible with Matt Stafford out. Uh, against Chicago, of all matchups, Driscoll had you know, uh, uh, or Kenny Galladay had 15 fantasy points. Uh, so I think he is safer than we think. I think this was just a, a rough game and a tough matchup, and you know, just a couple uh, unfortunate passes. Uh, and I expect him to do a lot better against the Washington Redskins. So for me, Kenny Galladay, I would throw him back in, you know, flex wide receiver two. Yes, his upside is capped without Stafford, but I think he is a guy you can plug in for for a standard, you know, fourteen to twenty points.
1: Yeah, I'll be honest with you, Steph. I'm a bit worried about Kenny Galladay this week and moving forward. As long as Stafford's out, last week he really struggled with Driscoll behind center, and the week before that, at Chicago game you referenced, he did have fifteen fantasy points, but twelve of those points came. On a deep bomb touchdown So for me, I think Galladay is an elite playmaker That will make those kind of plays for you But it's not going to be on a week-in and week-out basis So until Matt Stafford comes back You're kind of rolling the dice Between Kenny Galladay and Marvin Jones And trying to pick out who's going to get um, the catches And who's going to get the, the touchdowns And last week it happened to be Marvin Jones, who had two touchdowns, and you know it could easily be Kenny Galladay this week, but there's a little bit of variance there, and definitely lower floors for those guys. So I'm fine flexing him. I think he should have more than one catch this week, um, you know, increasing that one for 34 last week. Um, but I'm not, I'm not starting him with supreme confidence. But at this point in the season, I think you're probably stuck starting him unless you've got some significantly better options.
0: Yeah, and you don't, you don't hate the matchup against Washington there either. Now my other bounce back player is Deshaun Watson and I think you know that, that's not really a hot take at all uh, he plays against the Colts who are 13th against the quarterback he's had the worst game he's ever had against the Ravens in week 11 last weekend and that was the worst loss of his whole career including college he's the QB 5 on the year he averages 22 fantasy points per game so even though it's not the you know juiciest matchup against the Colts you expect Watson to, to bounce back after a tough week.
1: Yeah, you nailed it there. He's QB5 on the season, and that's with a four-point performance last week. He had a really tough matchup. It it looks like the Texans were really just out of sync for that game in Baltimore. They couldn't really do anything right. Uh, Will Fuller might be back this week, and I know that helps him stretch the field a little bit and open some things up underneath, and maybe he will hit Fuller on a deep shot if Fuller's able to go. And it's a home game this week. It's an important game against the Colts. It's crucial for that division. I think Deshaun Watson will play great. Uh, historically through his career he's bounced back with monster games after he struggled so I think we can expect a really strong game from Watson this week and like you said if you if you have Watson you're starting him and unless you've got Lamar Jackson Watson's a must start
0: yeah we know Deshaun Watson extremely resilient he's a fighter and he's he's a locked in bounce back candidate now moving over to our favorite segment starts of the week we missed on a few last weekend. I'd say the one that kind of stood out that, that I hit on at least was Nick Foles. Uh, we both kind of hit on our tight ends. You had Jared Cook. I had Greg Olson. They both played fine. Uh, but elsewhere across the board, not feeling great. So what we're going to do, guys, is kind of change some of the formatting that we're going to bring to these starts of the week. So here, these are more of our you know guys that you are probably on the edge but should be locked and loaded starters uh, this week. And we're going to have another segment later on where we're going to really call our shots. And we're going to call that segment Deep Shots of the Week. So let's go into our starts of the week. We'll go quarterback, running back, wide receiver, tight end. Alex, I'll pass it off to you. Give me your quarterback start of the week in Week 12.
1: All right, Steph. My quarterback start of the week, you've heard it before. I'm going back to the well, repeating my quarterback from last week. It is Derek Carr for the Oakland Raiders. Last week, he was my start of the week, and he ended up as QB11, which you're pretty happy with, a QB1. He had 19.8 fantasy points, which is fantastic as a streamer, and this week, he he faces the New York Jets, whose defense has not been great against quarterbacks this season, especially of late. Uh, they're 22nd, giving up 18.7 fantasy points a game to the quarterback position, and over the last four games, the New York Jets have faced off against Gardner Minshew, Ryan Fitzpatrick, Daniel Jones, and Dwayne Haskins. Wow. So so not necessarily the most elite group of quarterbacks. And over the past four games to those guys, they're giving up 23.7 fantasy points a game. (laughs) So... Everyone's been able to dismantle the Jets this year. Derek Carr's been great. He's got a 72% completion percentage, which is second in the league. His passer rating is 105, which is sixth in the league. The Raiders' defense has been giving up some points, and I think Sam Darnold might actually be able to score on them a little bit now that that offense has gotten healthy and seems like they're getting in rhythm. So I think Derek Carr might need to throw it a little bit in this game, and I think he's going to have a great week. The Raiders are 6-4, and four, and they're rolling right now. So if you started Derek Carr last week,
0: Hold on to them and roll them out there again. Absolutely, rolling with those playoff-bound Raiders, your Gruden Grinders, there, Alex. You know, for my QB start of the week, I'm I'm taking the Homer pick. I'm throwing Baker Mayfield out there. I love Baker this week. He's he's against the Miami Dolphins uh, at home, and Miami is the 28th ranked uh, defense against quarterbacks. Their defense just gave up three touchdowns to Josh Allen and Baker's really been settling in as of late. He hasn't thrown a pick in three games. His last one was against New England after their bye. He torched this this tough Steelers defense. He played well against Buffalo and Denver, all of which have been uh, you know, pretty difficult matchups, and he was fine for fantasy against Seattle as well. 19.5 fan- fantasy points, even with throwing three interceptions. And you know he has all the weapons. Kareem Hunt really helps a lot in the passing game. Go check out my video on Kareem Hunt if you haven't seen it. Uh, but I think Baker is a, is a locked and loaded uh, start of the week. Expect 15 or more from him uh, when you plug him in at your QB spot. Now moving on to running back. I'll pass it off to you, Alex, again. Give me your running back start of the week for Week 12.
1: My running back start of the week is David Montgomery. And David Montgomery, I know, he's been up and down this year. He's been disappointing. A lot of people spent some pretty early draft capital on him. And he was up there in the conversation with Josh Jacobs as as the top rookie running backs heading into the season. Uh, Josh Jacobs has been nothing short of fantastic and is, in my opinion, the leading candidate for Rookie of the Year, Offensive Rookie of the Year. So, so David Montgomery, you can't always trust him, but I think you can this week. He's RB25 on the season, and last week he had a really tough matchup against the Rams and a tough game script, and they were behind in that game. So Cohen got a lot of snaps. Uh, Montgomery couldn't get much going on the ground, but he still had 14 carries. And over the past four weeks, we've really seen his usage increase. David Montgomery has averaged 18 carries per game for the past four weeks, and he's added two receptions per game. So that's 20 total touches uh, in this offense. And they play the Giants this week, which which is an okay matchup. They're 16th against running backs in fantasy. But just with that usage, I think there's some positive regression in line for David Montgomery. And I think he's a good candidate to score a touchdown this week. And if he gets those 20 touches, there's no reason he shouldn't go for 80 to 100 yards.
0: Awesome. Yeah, I think that that's a great pick there. Let me throw a quick question at you here. I know we're flying... Fine, blind, blind. This is not in our show notes, but Alex, who would you start this week? Would you start David Montgomery, the rookie in a in a timeshare, or would you start Miles Sanders, another rookie in a timeshare? He plays Seattle this week. Uh, Philly plays Seattle at one o'clock on Sunday. Who would you take between Miles Sanders and David Montgomery? Just curious. Wow, that's a pretty tough question. I know Seattle has actually been
1: pretty good against running backs this season. They're 13th, so they're marginally in front of the Giants matchup for Montgomery. I think I would have to wait and see on Jordan Howard's health. Uh, Jordan Howard didn't play last week so I mean I mean, the Eagles had a tough matchup so Miles Sanders was, was still hard to start but if Jordan Howard's out against this week against Seattle Miles Sanders should be the feature first down second down third down back in that game so I think it's contingent on Howard's health keep an eye out if he's active or not if Jordan Howard is not active I would choose Miles Sanders over David Montgomery but if Jordan Howard plays I'd roll out the rookie well, I guess they're both rookies, so I'd roll out. Mon- <laughs> so I'd roll out Montgomery.
0: <laughs> good. That that was a good response. I know I put you on the spot there. I'm I'm just curious. I'm always comparing these these two rookies, Sanders and Montgomery. For some reason, just in my mind, they're they're linked for whatever reason. But moving on to my running back start of the week for me, I, I kind of alluded to him a second ago with Baker. I'm taking another homer pick, and I think you can lock in Kareem Hunt this week, and, and by extension Nick Chubb. But I know that's not a hot take. Uh, so I'm going to say Kareem Hunt. Uh, Again, they're against Miami. They're 24th against the run. We know Miami will hang in this game for a bit with Fitzmagic, and Hunt's been getting a lot of usage. Uh, and they're going to need him through the air if things start to get dicey against the Dolphins. Um, he had seven receptions in his first game back, he had six receptions in his second game back. And against the Dolphins at home, and as good as Kareem is, I expect at least one of these catches to go long. You know, if he's getting, you know, six to seven, I expect at least one of those to be, you know, a touchdown or a, you know, 30, 40-yard breakaway chunk play. Uh, I think Nick Chubb does still cap Kareem Hunt's upside, but I think he is a guy you can confidently lock in for 14 to 18 points this week.
1: Wow, that's a that's a really bold pick, um, especially basically saying that you could start Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt as your RB1, RB2 and be really satisfied. But I, but I think it's a good pick, and, and Kareem Hunt's over his short career showed us that he's a playmaker, and he's been very effective and very... Very involved in his first couple weeks back, and if you take that opportunity and that involvement, and if he gets into the end zone for the first time this week against a weak Miami defense, I think there's a pretty good chance he could finish as a top 20 running back this week. So I like your pick there, Steph. Moving forward to the wide receiver position, I'm actually going to stay in the same game. I'm going to stay in that Browns Dolphins game, and I'm going to pick Devonte Parker. He's a guy we talked about on the pod last week. We've been talking about him a lot on our social platforms on Twitter. Uh, Devontae Parker is a guy who I truly believe could be a league winner this year. He had a bad matchup last week against the Buffalo Bills, and we actually thought we should stay away from him, but he went out and he put up seven catches for 135 yards in that game against a team that's top 10 against the wide receiver in fantasy this year. Um, so Devontae Parker this week gets the Cleveland Browns, and the Browns are 11th against wide receivers in fantasy. but. Devontae Parker is getting an absurd amount of targets in this Dolphins offense. Since Ryan Fitzpatrick took over and Preston Williams has gone out, we only have a two-game sample size, but Devontae Parker has received 10 targets in each game. Um, So he's actually less than 50% rostered in ESPN League. So if he's on your waiver wire, go pick him up. But if you've got Devontae and he's on your bench or you're deciding to flex him or not, he's been absolutely hot as of late. He's been incredible. Go pick him up. Um, and I really think that the Browns could get out to an early lead in this game. And then, like we've seen all season, the Dolphins, we know they're going to be throwing the ball. And they don't have a ton of options there, so... Devontae Parker should continue that streak of 10-plus targets, and I think he's really turning into an elite playmaker, and he's really maturing in this league, and he might have a late breakout. It took him a couple years. We all thought we might see this in his rookie or his sophomore season, but it looks like Devontae Parker's finally coming on. So if I've got him, I'm starting with confidence this week, and I'm
0: starting with confidence for the rest of the season. Great pick there. And my wide receiver start of the week is a guy that I don't think is talked about enough. He's the wide receiver 24 on the year, so he's right on the edge between wide receiver two and three. But it's Jamison Crowder, and I know he's not a sexy pick, but here are his last three outings. He put up 22 PPR fantasy points against the Dolphins, 19 against the Giants, and 19 against the Redskins last week. And as you alluded to earlier, Sam Darnold is looking better. In games with Darnold this year, Crowder is averaging 8.4 targets, and 6.4 receptions per game, averaging 70 yards, and he scored a touchdown in the last three weeks. I think that streak can 100% continue, and I really hope I don't see any questions from you guys about plugging in Crowder for your flex this weekend, anything like that. Plug him in. I think he's a confident start this week, uh, and they're playing the the Raiders, who are, I believe, 22nd against the wide receivers this season, so a good matchup as well in a streak of easy matchups. You see the rapport. I think Jamison Crowder is a... Uh, or it should be a high floor, high upside start this week.
1: I really like that pick, Steph. I really do. He's been fantastic. Um, And and Sam Darnold continues to um, get into form this season, and they've got a a great schedule coming up here for the next few weeks. So if you've got Crowder, you're starting him this week against Oakland, and you're probably starting him the next couple weeks as well as they have Cincinnati and Miami. So moving forward to tight ends, it was really tough because – as always, you've got the top guys at tight end, and for our starts of the week, we don't want it to be guys that are locked in your lineups. So we're not going to pick the, the the Ertz and the Kelsey and the Kittle or things like that. But then at tight end, it gets so shallow so fast, and there's some bye weeks this week and some injuries. So it was tough, but ultimately, I, I found my tight end start of the week, and it's Dallas Goddard, and he's tight end 20 on the year. And he plays Seattle this week, who is 24th against tight ends in fantasy. And I know that Goddard is the second tight end on this team to Zach Ertz, but they use him a lot as a wide receiver. And we saw Alshon Jeffrey out last week, and he is in danger of missing this week as well so if Alshon Jeffrey's out they like to roll out two big body guys at the same time so most of the time it's going to be Ertz and Alshon and Goddard might slip in there but when Alshon's been out we've seen Goddard get some pretty good usage and he scored a touchdown in three of his past four games I think that could continue this week against Seattle and what should be a fairly high scoring game. And Goddard's got five straight games with at least three catches. And I know three catches isn't a ton, but if you're looking at the tight end position, Goddard could actually be on your waiver wire. And if you've got a guy who you can lock in and feel confident he's going to get three catches um, and has a pretty good chance of scoring a touchdown, that's what really all you're looking for if you've been playing this tight end roulette game every week. So Dallas Goddard, lock him in, tight end start of the week.
0: Yeah, and you know a game against the MVP caliber Russell Wilson and the Seahawks is going to be one with scoring potential on both sides of the ball. I think the Eagles are going to air it out. I think Dallas Goddard is a great pick. My time of the week doesn't feel as good. It's Vance McDonald. And it's essentially just because he's the last man standing for the Steelers offense. You had Juju uh, announced out for this matchup this week against the Bengals. We had De- Deontay Johnson. I believe he is out in concussion protocol. James Connor is banged up and the Bengals are, are in the bottom third of the league across essentially every defensive metric you can look at. And over the last three weeks, back to back, Vance McDonald's gotten seven targets in his last three games with tougher matchups like the Colts and the Rams. So you can fire up Vance McDonald this week if you have him. I know it's not a sexy pick. It's not going to feel good putting him in there. I think he did have more value in previous fantasy seasons, uh, but just hasn't looked great this year, especially with Mason Rudolph uh, in the backfield for the Steelers. But Vance McDonald, roll him out in week 12.
1: Nice pick there, Steph. I really like it. I like what you said about uh, the seven targets in the past three games. Really at this point, if you're playing the tight end roulette, like we just talked about, you want, you want two things. You want guys that are on the field, they're involved in the offense and that have a potential to score a touchdown. And, It sounds like with Vance McDonald, he's going to get some targets, he's going to be on the field, and as always, he's got a chance to score. So, as good a pick as any, um, I I really like that tight end start of the week.
0: Now, while Vance McDonald is certainly a deep shot, we want to have a specific segment where we can really take our shot on some guys, and these aren't players that you're going to want to throw into your lineup willy-nilly. They're probably on your waiver wire, but we want to have the ability to really shoot our shot here and... For guys on Sunday morning um, or Sunday night, you know the Robert Wood situation, for example, where he was just announced out right before the game, if you have a desperation play, if you're fighting to get into the playoffs and all the odds are stacked against you, we want to give you some options where you can just take your shot out there, kind of a glory play. Um, And I'm really excited for my first one here because I actually think he's locked in uh, for a pretty high floor this week. And it's the substitute teacher himself, Hunter Renfro. Oh my goodness. (laughs) In his last four games, which have all been very easy matchups, he's averaged 14 fantasy points per game. And on two of his last four games, he scored a touchdown. This week, he's against the 31st ranked pass defense in the Jets. You just alluded to the ability that that the Raiders have with Derek Carr being your start of the week. And that Derek Carr completion percentage, I, I think is something that can carry over to every receiver on the Raiders. In his last four games... Renfrew was averaging five receptions for 62 yards. And based on the recent Raiders outlook, he has a 50 50 shot to score here. I think the Jets hang with the Raiders for a while, longer than I think uh, will project. Now, because we, you know, D- Darnold looks good. Jamison Crowder was another start of the week. Now, I think this could be a tougher game for the Raiders than they expect. And we saw what happened when the Cowboys went into MetLife and played the Jets. You know, Jets have the ability to pop off. It's not often and it's ugly. And I hate that I'm even saying this, but. Renfro, I think, is a safe flex play if you're desperate this weekend. Alex, what do you think? You know, I think you actually make a really good case for Hunter Renfro. I Especially
1: in PPR formats, probably exclusively PPR formats is the only place you're playing him. But knowing how Derek Carr likes to play, we just talked earlier about how he has a 72% completion percentage second in the league. He throws a ton of passes underneath, and he might take an occasional deep shot to Tyrell Williams. So Hunter Renfro, I think, is a perfectly fine play. I think he's safe. I think if you're in super desperation mode and you're looking for a guy that you can rely on for eight points in your flex just someone that's not going to kill you with a one or a two or a zero, I think you can plug in Hunter Renfro. So great pick there, Steph. Great find. Uh, That's a great deep shot. Moving to my first deep shot, it's kind of on the other end of the spectrum. This is a deep shot if you are looking for upside. Hunter Renfro is great if you're looking for safety, but if you need a high-scoring week, maybe you're close in the standings and points four with some tiebreakers with other teams in your league as you push towards the playoffs. And you're in desperation mode, and you need a guy who who could pop off for 30 points. That's where this first guy comes into play. Um, but he could also get zero. He could also get five. So he's not very safe, but this player is Russell Gage for the Atlanta Falcons. He has really stepped in and seen a pretty good percentage of snaps since they traded Mohamed Sanu. He's played over 55% of snaps in their past two weeks, and and this is a game where I expect him to see even more snaps because they're playing against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They're last against the league against receivers, um, in fantasy football. So I think they're going to be passing a lot. I think they're going to pass early and often. And I think there's going to be a lot of points scored in this game. It's a 52 point over under and Russell Gage is owned in less than 1% of ESPN league. So he is on your waiver wire for sure. And he's seen four and a half targets in those past two weeks as well. So I think there's a chance that if if he's efficient with his targets and he he could break loose, um, there's a really good potential for Russell Gage to maybe have an anomaly of a game and, and find the end zone this week and maybe be super involved if the Buccaneers focus on shutting down Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley. Uh, with no Sanu, no Austin Hooper due to injury, and then no Devontae Freeman, I think the Falcons are looking for offensive production anywhere they can get it. And I think Russell Gage could continue to step into that wide receiver three role and have a meaningful game this week in a great matchup.
0: I think that's a great high upside pick. We saw what Calvin Ridley had, one of the best games of his career. I think he was the wide receiver one or two at the end of uh, week 11. So we could definitely see that go the other way towards you know some of those touches with Russell Gage. Uh, my second deep shot here is kind of reliant on you know a few injuries, a few guys being out, and that pick is Nelson Aguilar. We've seen him have monster games when Carson Wentz relies on him. You know you can see sometimes when when those two guys are just meshing very early in the game, you see many many targets his way. Uh, Philly's gonna need to air it out to keep up with Seattle, like we said, um, and Seattle's the 20th ranked passing defense. Uh, Jordan Howard might play, but he's banged up. Uh, Alshon Jeffrey practiced today in individual drills. Uh, not sure if he's going to play. So if those two guys are out, if, if uh, Alshon is out, I think Aguilar will be the number two behind Ertz with major scoring potential, and I wouldn't be surprised to see him go for you know 5 for fifteen and a touchdown. So I know it's not a, a sexy pick, again, by any means, but Nelson Aguilar, if if Alshon Jeffrey's out, if you need to plug him in, I think he'll be fine this week.
1: I really like that pick, Steph, and we've seen it from Aguilar before. Earlier this season, he had a game for eight catches, 107 yards, and a touchdown. He followed that up the next week with eight catches for 50 yards and two touchdowns. That's 24 and then 23 fantasy points, and that was when we saw a lot of other injuries to that Eagles receiving core and good matchups. So like you said, if if Alshon Jeffrey misses, we know Deshaun Jackson is on IR. I think that's a really sneaky play. I will say you need to keep an eye on Aguilar himself. He did not practice today due to an injury that he – uh, came out of that Patriots game with, so I think you're you're needing to keep an eye not only on Alshon Jeffrey and his status, but keep an eye on Aguilar as well to make sure he's in this week, but if Aguilar plays and Alshon Jeffrey doesn't, I think that's a great pick. So for my second deep shot, I'm gonna go with a guy who we all know and love. Well, we might not love him, but we know him. He's been in and out of the news over the past several seasons, it seems like every year there's some drama with this guy and there's something new. We know he has elite talent, but we haven't really seen him tap into that talent and that opportunity since 2013 or 2014. And it's Josh Gordon. He recently was picked up by the Seattle Seahawks. They claimed him on waivers after the Patriots caught him off IR. And in his first game in Seattle, he only had two catches on two targets. Uh, But he really didn't play a lot of snaps. And that's customary when you get a guy who hasn't been on the team for a long time. A lot of times you don't play a lot of snaps. You're learning the offense. You're learning the playbook. But it's interesting. When we did see those two catches from Josh Gordon, he looked great. It looked like he had a rapport with Russell Wilson. And it was late in the game. One was on a key drive in the fourth quarter, and then another was in overtime. So they obviously trust Josh Gordon to be a playmaker. And I think coming off of their bye week, As is, he should see more snaps and more targets this week. But Tyler Lockett is also banged up and was actually in the hospital after their last game. So if Tyler Lockett misses this game, I think Josh Gordon's a must start. I have Josh Gordon on my bench in our fantasy league, and I'm kind of waiting and seeing. They got a great matchup against the Eagles. They're 23rd against fantasy wide receivers. And if Tyler Lockett misses this game, Russell Wilson's going to be throwing the ball a lot, and it's going to be going to DK Metcalf and to Josh Gordon. So if Tyler Lockett misses, I think you definitely plug Josh Gordon in as is. If you, if Tyler Lockett does play, I think you know I'd, I would probably take some of the other guys we've talked about, like Renfro or Russell Gage um, over Josh Gordon. But keep an eye on the injury report, see what happens with Tyler Lockett. Because if he's out, I think Josh Gordon is a really sneaky start this week.
0: Yeah, that's a great deep shot there, and I think Russell Wilson will need large targets. You know, we love um, seeing him throw to Will Disley and him really be effective in fantasy. When they get down to the red zone and to the end zone, I think that's when Josh Gordon uh, is going to see the most value. I could 100% see him scoring at least one touchdown this weekend. Now, I want to move over to a new segment for you guys where we can really talk about players in buckets, maybe not so much individual breakdowns, but a game this week in, in week 12 where we're going to find the most fantasy value. So we can talk about multiple players, talk about the matchup itself, um, and we'll each kind of go through uh, on both sides of the ball uh, a certain game that we like and then kind of break it down from there in terms of the players. Uh, Alex, give us your game with the most fantasy value in Week 12.
1: Well, this one for me is easy. It's it's two of the teams that have really bad pass defenses going head-to-head, and it's the Buccaneers against the Falcons. Atlanta is actually a four and a half point favorite in this game. (laughs) After, after their bye week they've come out incredibly strong with two dominating performances, but this one's a 52 point over under incredibly high, the highest over under of the week. And there is just talent loaded on both sides of the ball. And I think if your whole fantasy roster was in this game, you actually would probably pull out the win this week. You've got Jameis Winston and Matt Ryan at quarterback. You're starting both of those guys Uh, at the running back position. Brian Hill had a really disappointing game last week. He was actually my start of the week, and that was due to his usage. Um, and he ended up getting 15 carries and, and 16 total touches, but he just didn't do a lot with it. So I think this week, in a well, the Buccaneers' uh, rush defense has actually been pretty good. So Hill is probably a borderline flex this week. It depends on your options. Uh, I think Ronald Jones is flexible from the Tampa Bay side. I think he'll bounce back. Uh, if you have Mike Evans or if you have Chris Godwin, their auto starts at this point. Julio Jones is an auto start for the Falcons. I think Calvin Ridley has earned his way to auto start status, especially in this matchup and especially with the volume that he's been seeing. And then I think I think you can even start the Falcons defense um, against Tampa Bay, who has turnover central himself, Jameis Winston. Uh, the Falcons D has come on really strong since that bye week, shutting down New Orleans and then shutting down Carolina, So I think in this game, you can even start the Falcons D they're going to give up some points, but I think they're going to create some turnovers and could even get a defensive touchdown.
0: Yeah. There's, there's fantasy potential all over this game. It's a game that has shootout potential. Like you said, highest over under the weekend. And one guy, I really think that, that I want to take some time to break down here because I think he's an extremely safe pick. I've seen some questions on him actually on Twitter and on Reddit uh, over the last week, which is Matt Ryan. Uh, you know Matt Ryan's against the 31st-ranked Tampa Bay defense, so super easy matchup, and Drew Brees was in a very similar situation to Matt Ryan, coming off a recent injury, uh, and he just completed 80% of his passes for 228 yards and three touchdowns against the Buccaneers last week in Week 11, and he's another guy, just like Drew Brees, Matt Ryan is, with vast NFL experience he's we've seen him play at MVP level at times uh, and he's a veteran franchise quarterback so I think you're going to get the same thing we got out of Drew Brees last week which was a a great quarterback start I think we're going to get that here with Matt Ryan and you know we know there's there's shootout potential in every Buccaneers game so you lock in all the players here Alex I think you touched on on most of them I think they're great starts love the Falcons defense this week so yeah highlight that Falcons Buccaneers game if you have any players in those game in that game, they're going to be very, very valuable pieces for your team leading into the playoffs. Absolutely. So so now we're going to transition away from fantasy football a little
1: bit. We always like to touch on some, some hot NFL topics at some point in the show. So our first topic, we're going to talk about Super Bowl contenders. Steph, Which teams do you think are realistic Super Bowl contenders? And how big is that list for you? How many teams do you think are in the mix? Uh, We can talk about some teams that are on the bubble. But as we sit here today heading into week 12, give me your top five Super Bowl contending teams.
0: Yes, I want to break it down, AFC and NFC. So in the AFC, of course, the Patriots are in there. Uh, The Ravens are in there. Uh, And we can talk about this. I actually don't have the Chiefs on there as contenders this year. And really, it all stems to their defense. I just don't think they have a defense that can win them every single game on the way to a Super Bowl. You know how hard it is in the playoffs when you're against really tough matchups every single weekend? And you know what's going to come down to the wire? They're going to be playing some of the best offenses in the NFL. Uh, And I think they'll be able to keep up on the offensive side. But even then, we saw him have some struggles in the Chargers game. I know you could maybe attribute that to the field conditions or just the fact that it was in, in Mexico City. But regardless, I, I don't have the Chiefs as Super Bowl contenders. I know most people would, would probably laugh at me for that. They've, they've been one of the most explosive offenses uh, every single week. But they've had some injuries. Um, Damien Williams has has missed time or is going to miss time. Tyreek Hill is kind of an in and out. I, I just don't think they have everything as tight as they need to to actually go out and win a ring so that's my AFC side and then I have a few more on the NFC side probably go over your your number of five here I have the 49ers of course the 91 Niners and uh, the Packers the Saints the Seahawks the Vikings and then one more team that is kind of on the bubble for a lot of people but i think they do have the potential to do it and it's the cowboys i hate saying it there's there you know the cowboys fan base is obnoxious as anything that out there <laughs> and i don't want to give them uh, more fuel for their fire uh, but alex do you have any any issues with those teams i just laid out there i mean i definitely have an issue with the cowboys that is <laughs> I expected tough that. to swallow i got to
1: see it to believe it with that franchise but I'm with you on the Chiefs. They say offense wins games and defense wins championships. And over the past season and a half, we've seen the Chiefs win games, and we've seen Mahomes be great. I don't know if they have that defense that they need to win a championship. So I, I love your point there. I think they're going to be in it till the end. I think there's a chance they can make the AFC championship game. I just don't think they're going to get over the hump this season until they're able to improve that defense. Uh, and then in, in the NFC, I mean, I'm right there with you. I think the NFC race is a lot more wide open than the AFC Uh, I've got the Saints as well. I've got the Niners, the Packers, and the Seahawks. The Vikings are on the bubble. They've definitely looked um, a bit sketchy lately. The Chiefs did beat them, and then they had a scare against Denver. I think the Rams still have a chance. I know they haven't looked great this year. Goff has been bad. The O-line hasn't been good, but with the talent that you know they have and the coaching they have and now the experience they have from last season if they're able to make it to the playoffs i think they can make a run problem with that is i don't know if they're going to make the playoffs they're sitting at six and four they play the ravens this week if they lose that game to the ravens and they fall to six and five just looking at the competition in the nfc i think it's going to be too tough for the rams to claw their way back but then on the AFC side, I think the Colts and the Texans are right there on the fringe. I don't think they're necessarily Super Bowl contenders yet. I think that um, I think that the Patriots and the Ravens are just in a league of their own. But this week, that game on Thursday night between the Colts and the Texans, I think one team is going to come out of that game uh, with a lot of momentum and and with a lot of drive to get to get to the AFC Championship and maybe pull an upset. Uh, On the Patriots or the Ravens down the stretch here.
0: Yeah, great picks there, and I I do agree with you. The Vikings are more on the bubble, but after reviewing some of the film from this last weekend, yes, their defense had some issues, but I think we know what we're going to get out of out of Mike Zimmer's defense. I think they'll be able to bring it back. They're one of the most cohesive defenses. They're one of the most um, smart and well-coached defenses. Uh, so I think you know we know their peak levels. If they can get back to that and, and stay there consistently this season, which they really haven't been able to do a ton, I think the Vikings uh, could be a contender. And then we saw you know them make a huge comeback. It was a historical comeback. I don't know the specific numbers, but um, it was one for the books when they were down. I believe it was like twenty-seven to three or, or twenty to three uh, to the Denver. Denver. Denver Broncos which would have been a very scary upset for them Um, but the way they turn that on in the fourth quarter when you see them playing at their peak uh, when they have Adam Thielen back I think that offense is going to be even better uh, and they still were able to get a win uh, in a game they probably should have lost Uh, so Vikings are on the bubble but but I have them in I could conceivably see them winning a championship this year Alex do you have anything to add just one thing quickly to your Vikings point I think that's a great
1: take actually and You kind of have to have some of these games during the season that that make you really pull it together and win those tough ones. Because in the playoffs, like you said about the Chiefs, there's going to be teams that are going to hit you in the mouth. And if you don't have the talent and the ability and the coaching on offense and defense, you can't come back in a game. It takes offense, defense, special teams, all three facets of the game to pull off a comeback like that. Uh, The Vikings, we know what they can do running the ball. One of the best in the league. Kirk Cousins has been much improved as a passer this season. He's a guy who got a ton of criticism last year, and this year he's kind of silenced all the haters. And, you know, Thielen coming back is just going to open up that offense even more. So I don't mind it. I think the Vikings could make a run. Uh, They're definitely sitting in a pretty good position here as we go down the stretch, but remains to be seen. So it's going to be really good to see how this season plays out, Steph. A lot of tight races and a lot of divisions.
0: Yeah, it's going to be a really exciting playoffs this year. I'm extremely excited. I think this one is is one of the more kind of open-ended. We could see a lot of different teams taking it this year compared to recent years. Um, And with all that being said, I'm sure the Patriots will probably end up winning. So moving on to games to look forward to in week 12, the one at the top of my mind and the top of everyone's mind. Really, the game of the week, no question, is the 8 and 2 Packers against the 9 and 1 San Francisco 49ers. The Niners are 3-point favorites at home. This game has a 47 and a half point over under. The Packers are coming off their bye week and I'm sure they've been sitting that sitting back and been watching the Niners closely. And we've seen the Niners be a little bit shaky. They've had some woes against the Seahawks, uh, you know, against the Cardinals. Uh, It looked sketchy at times. Um, And we know the offense can reach the peaks that we've seen from from Kyler and Russell Wilson uh, on the Packers side of the ball with
1: Rodgers. We did mention that the Niners, after having two out of three games against the Arizona Cardinals, had a really tough stretch. So obviously the the Seahawks were sandwiched in there and they lost that game. They get the Packers this week, but they're going to be really tested for the rest of the season. And they, they've continued to show out. The, the Seahawks game was a very competitive game, and I think this is going to be a really, really good test. And it's crazy to think that if the Niners, with how good they've been this season, lose this week, and um if the niners lose this week and i guess the packers if they win this week and the seahawks if they win this week the niners actually would be out of a first round bye in the nfc which is crazy just, just the top of that uh, conference is so tight with the Saints at eight and two, the Packers at eight and two, the Seahawks at eight and two, and the Niners at nine and one. So with how dominant they've been, there's really no margin for error because we know how important home field is in the playoffs, and that first round bye is obviously nice as well. I expect the Packers to come out of their bye and win this game, um, and and I just I think the Niners are going to struggle against the Packers defense that um, we'll be ready to roll. Kittle's banged up on the, on the 49er side and Emmanuel Sanders is banged up as well. So I just don't know that they're going to have the weapons to take down the Packers.
0: Interesting. I'll go against you here. I have the Niners winning this one. It's at home for them and their ground game is just too dominant. Even with the injuries, the Packers have been susceptible on the run all season. And even if let's say they come out and, and totally modified their game plan after the bye, and they put it in the hands of Jimmy G. We've still seen him been effective, uh, maybe not MVP level, but he's been good. You definitely can't say he's been bad, especially in some of the pressure situations. We saw him kind of freak out a little bit uh, in overtime against the Seahawks, maybe some nerves there. Uh, But I do think Jimmy G is no slouch, and we might have Kittle, uh, George Kittle back uh, this weekend as well. So another game I want to talk about is the Colts versus the Texans on Thursday night. The Texans are three and a half point favorites at home. It's another test for Deshaun Watson and a test for Jacoby Brissett. Both teams are at six and four, and this is an intense divisional matchup in the AFC South.
1: Yeah, this is one I obviously have circled on my schedule as the Homer Colts fan. Both teams sitting at six and four. This one's key for the division race. It's a 45.5 point over under. Houston's favored by 3.5 points. I believe and I I make myself believe that the Colts are going to go into Houston and win this game, even with some injuries uh, to T.Y. Hilton and to Marlon Mack. There's actually a chance T.Y. Hilton's going to play in this one, which would be really exciting. Uh, But but after the past couple weeks, um, with Jacoby going out in that Steelers game and losing it, and then missing the Miami game and losing it. They bounced back really nicely against the Jacksonville Jaguars team this week. That's not bad, and they absolutely dominated that game. So I think they're going to go into Houston. I think they're going to win. The Texans' defense has been really shaky, and the Colts' defense has been pretty good. So I don't know – if Deshaun, I know we talked about Deshaun as a bounce back. I know he's going to have a decent game against the Colts. I don't think he's absolutely going to pick them apart. So I like the Colts in this one. If they win this game, they're going to not only have a one game lead in the division, but they'll also own the tiebreaker over Houston, having beat them twice head to head. So this is really big for the Colts and and the Texans. But um, you know, if the Colts win this game, I think they're in a really good spot to win that division.
0: Yeah, I have the Colts taking this one as well. I think that game last week against the Ravens really laid out the blueprint on how to stop the Texans. And I think the Colts defense does have the the talent and the ability to play at the same level that the Ravens defense did. Of course, I don't expect them to be as explosive as the Ravens on offense, but I do think the Colts can win this game. Um, the Texans have been kind of boom bust. Uh, even if Will Fuller's back, I, I'm still not too scared uh, of the Texans. Yes, we know Deshaun Watson is dominant, but their run game hasn't been amazing. Um, I expect this one to be a very close game, come down to the wire. And I think the Colts are going to win it purely because of what we saw uh, the Texans get exposed by in week 11. Now, some honorable mentions for uh, games to watch. The Patriots are six and a half point favorites at home against the Cowboys. I have the Patriots winning this one, but I still think after some of the shakiness that we saw uh, in the New England offense that, you know, the Cowboys... Dak's playing well. What more can you say? I think they can hang with them. Um, even how dominant, even with how dominant the Patriots' defense has been, uh, I think the Cowboys have the weapons. Even with Amari hurt, I, I know maybe maybe I'm just reading too much into some of the recent success that they've had. I had them as a Super Bowl contender for for Pete's sake, but um, yeah, I think that'll be a, at least a fun game to watch. And then I think we have one more on Monday night that's going to be pretty exciting as well. Yeah, we got the Ravens
1: and the Rams on Monday night. We really The NFL made up for last week's um, Rams-Bears game on Sunday night football, and they gave us the Colts and the Texans on Thursday, the Packers and the Niners on Sunday night, and then the Ravens and the Rams on Monday night. Three awesome primetime games that everyone's going to be tuning into. Like we mentioned earlier, this is a must-win game for the LA Rams. Uh, For the Ravens, it would be nice to win, and it's on the road, and it would prove that they're continuing to uh, withstand all these different tests, and it would continue to solidify Lamar Jackson's um, candidacy for MVP. But this one for the Rams is a must-win. If they fall to 6-5, and it's just going to be too tough to claw their way back in the NFC. And it's a 46-point over-under. Baltimore is actually favored by three points on the road in this game. But... What we're seeing Lamar Jackson do right now is just incredibly fun. It's incredibly historical. He is actually the Vegas favorite for MVP for the first time this year. And I know on our first pod a few weeks ago, we both actually picked Lamar Jackson against the odds to win the MVP. So maybe it was a bit of a homer pick, but you heard it here first. And I want to read off some of the the things Lamar Jackson is doing this season, as if there needs to be uh, more of a case than his highlight reel. But I'll just go through some of these really quick. He's top 10 in rushing yards. He's top 10 in rushing touchdowns. He leads the NFL in yards per carry. Um, That's 1.6 more yards per carry than Christian McCaffrey. And it's not like he's not running the ball often. He's 22nd in rushing attempts. So it's not like he has, you know, a couple breakout runs and he doesn't run it. He's running it a lot and he's running it well. Um, And he's fourth in the NFL in passer rating. He's second in QBR. He's fourth in passing touchdowns. And he only has five interceptions and the Ravens are sitting at 8-2, and two, being the only team that's knocked off the Patriots this season. So as if there needs to be more of a case, there you have it for Lamar Jackson. I think he's going to go into L.A. and have a great game. I have the Ravens to win this one. The Rams' offensive line has struggled, and the uh, the Ravens' defense is really coming on
0: strong. So I've got the Ravens. What do you think, Steph? Big trust. I have the Ravens as well. I definitely think they're going to take this one. I think they're going to blow out the Rams. Sorry, L.A., I think your your playoff dreams are going to die after Week 12. Uh, what more can you say about the Ravens right now? They, they look dominant. They made the Texans, uh, I mean, gave them the worst loss, maybe in, in their franchise over the last decade. I mean, that was an absolute obliteration uh, against what's been a very good Texans team. So I think the Ravens have it. They have too much momentum right now for L.A. to stop them. And even on the road, I think they can take it home. Well Alex, that wraps up Episode 4 NFL Week 12 for the Double Move Sports podcast. If you guys didn't notice, we're focusing a little bit more on the fantasy football side of things. We've had so much fun doing that and the analysis with you guys. If you all have any questions at all, hit us up on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube. Follow us and subscribe on all those platforms. We we've been working our butts off trying to provide great t- content for you guys. Um uh, again, go check out that Stefan Diggs uh, film review that I just Uh, released on the YouTube channel. uh, And I got some more coming. I think I'm going to do Darius Geis and a little investigation into what's gone wrong with with David Johnson, at least according to the film. Uh, And I know Alex has some planned as well. But before we sign off, Alex, is there anything else that you want to let the people know? Yeah, one more quick thing. We did a pretty
1: cool segment this past week where we went through, we get on Twitter every um, Saturday and Sunday morning to, to answer some questions and to hop into some streams and just provide our input um, on there. So this week, we actually went through some of our tweets from Sunday morning after the games had concluded. And it was kind of just a little spot check. Where were we right? Where were we wrong? We wanted to see how we graded out. So check it out if you haven't. It's pretty cool. And it's some good transparency for us. And as as guys talking fantasy, no one can see the future. We're not going to be right 100% of the time. But Uh, We did a pretty good job this week, and if you know our mark is if we can hit set sixty or seventy percent correct every week, then we're doing a pretty good job. So uh, this week, some of our hits, we we actually uh, recommended Debo to a lot of people. We recommended Stephon Diggs a lot, even in a tough matchup. When we were big on Calvin Ridley as well. Some of our misses, we leaned away from John Brown in a couple places, uh, which is the one that really stands out. But yeah, you know, it was fun to do. It's fun to go back and kind of see how you checked out and see see uh, how we're engaging with the community. So, uh, check out that video if we if you haven't. And throughout the rest of the week and throughout the weekend, feel free to ask us questions at Double Move Sports on Twitter.
0: Yeah, it's very rare that you see fantasy analysts actually go back and grade out their previous week's advice. We want to do that here. We want to be held accountable because uh, we work hard to know to learn all these stats identify these trends and every single week we're keeping up with the nfl watching as many games as we can and we're fantasy players ourselves in in some pretty intense leagues Uh, so we think we know enough at least to help you guys moving forward hopefully we get a bunch of championships and and playoff berths uh this weekend specifically i'm so pumped up for week 12 thank you all so much for listening really appreciate it and we'll see you next time